Give us this day our daily bread. I am Father Kurt Hine with Light of Christ Anglican Church, and we are going through to be a Christian in Anglican Catechism. We are on question 188 through 192 on page 74, dealing with the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Before we get into this, let's go ahead and pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. All right, question 188. What is the fourth petition? The fourth petition is, give us this day our daily bread. Well, that's simple enough. Continuing, 189. Having prayed first for God's glory, kingdom, and will, what do you now pray? I pray for my needs and those of my brothers and sisters, for daily provision, pardon for sins, and protection from evil. So the catechism here helps us notice that we begin our prayer focusing on the glory of God on his glory, his kingdom, his will. In this way, the Lord's prayer centers on the glory of God and mirrors the structure of the great commandment that Christ teaches us, where he says, where he sums up the law and the prophets by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the first part of this commandment must be followed by the second part. The second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is because love for God necessary, necessarily entails love for those made in his likeness and image. An example of this is I have, my wife has made a book of our wedding photos. And because I honor her, I honor, I honor her image. I take care of this book. It's precious to me. And so if God is precious to us, if we love him, then we must love those that are made in his image. We honor humans because we honor God. Jesus says this specifically in Matthew 25, 40. He gives a parable there and he says, And the king answered them, Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So when we love our neighbor, we are actually in that love, loving God. So now we express in our prayers, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, a petition for our needs because we ought to love ourselves. We all, there's, a, there's a healthy way to do that. Not a selfish sort of love, but a loving of ourselves because we are a gift to ourselves from God. Our very being is a gift from God. And so we, we steward ourselves. And so it's appropriate to pray for our own needs, but not only our own needs, but also the needs of our brothers and sisters. We pray for provision, pardon, and protection. Provision, pardon, and protection. Easy to memorize. Sounds like a good three-part sermon. I'll have to remember that. Question 190. What does our daily bread mean? Daily bread includes all that we need each day for our bodily provision and spiritual nourishment. So I believe there's a bit of purposeful ambiguity here when Jesus says daily bread. This word daily in the Greek is really curious. It's epousios, epousios. This is an odd word because it doesn't appear anywhere else except here in the Gospels. In fact, Origen, an early church writer, believes that the Gospel writers coined this phrase, epousios, what does it mean? It's translated daily, but there are other possibilities for this. First, it's a compound word. Epi means upon or on, and usia means being or existence. So a woodenly literal translation would be upon existence or upon being or on being or above being, something like that. So the possible meanings for this word include, here are just a few of them, the bread necessary for existence, so the bread that's necessary for existence, the bread for the existing day, so that's very close to daily bread, but we're used to um, in, in our translation in English, the bread for the future, that is the bread uh, for what is about to exist, 
uh, or another possibility which I really like, which brings in this whole sacramental, um, Christ-centered dimension, spiritual dimension, is is uh, the super substantial bread. So the bread that is beyond simply being. In other words, a bread that's greater than simply being physical bread. And this reminds us of John 6, where Christ tells us, I am the true bread that comes from heaven. And so we could be asking here for the Eucharistic bread, the bread that is Christ himself that gives us eternal life by faith. The Catechism really doesn't get into the weeds of all of this, but it does cover all the bases. Those, the people that wrote this knew what they were doing. That when we're asking for daily bread, for epiousios bread, what we're asking for is both God, the Lord's physical provision for physical bread, but also the even more real spiritual bread, who is Christ himself, which feeds our soul. Because man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we, ha as Christians, we gather together every Sunday to consume the word of God himself in the Eucharist. Continuing in question 191, why should you pray for daily bread? God calls me to trust him for the needs of each day, to be concerned for the needs of others, to be content with what I have, and to grow in gratitude for his provision. This is really good. He gives us four points here. It's, um, he gives us four points. It's, uh, it's very important spiritual discipline to pray before every meal. Um, if you don't do that, if you don't already do that, then the Lord's Prayer is a wonderful prayer to pray before you eat. Or um, you can find table prayers in the Book of Common Prayer. I have a copy over here. In the Book of Common Prayer, you can find some great table prayers. Check out page 78 or page 671 and memorize those and say those before every meal. It's a really important practice. And, and why do we do that? Why do we thank the Lord and ask him for our daily bread? Well, the Catechism gives us four reasons to do that. One, to trust God for the needs of each day. How often do we feel anxious as we seek to provide for ourselves and for others? God calls us to do the best we can to labor with our hands and make money so that we can um, feed ourselves, feed our families, provide for them. But ultimately, in all of this, we have to trust God. An agricultural metaphor is that we sow and we water the seed, but it is God who makes the seed sprout and grow till it is ready for harvest. And, and this is a true principle regardless of whether you're a farmer or not. If you're a small business owner, or you're in the corporate wor world, or you work as a, as a day laborer, we, we, till, we till the soil, we, we do our part, but God is the one that brings the results. He's the one that brings the results. And so the more we focus on the responsibilities that he's given us, the things that we have um, some dominion over, so the things that we can change, um, our attitude and, and the way we work and, and what we do and how hard we work and showing up on time, the more we attend to that and, and leave what we cannot do, that is the results up to God, the more we will live at peace. And that's what the catechism is getting at. We leave those things that are God's to God's, to be, to be God, um, and then those things which are ours that he's given us, we take responsibility for those. The second reason, so trust God for the needs of the day. This is why we, we pray this. Um, secondly, to be concerned with the needs of others. God gives us gifts, not only for ourselves, but to share them with others. This is an incredible principle. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. This goes all the way back to Abraham, to the Abrahamic covenant, that God will bless him so that all the nations of the world will be blessed. And so in any way that you or I are blessed by God, any gift that he gives us, any provision that he gives us is not only meant for us, but it's meant to share. It's meant for others. And so God calls us 
um, to, to use these provisions and uh, to, to meet the needs of others. And so we need to be aware of those. And we need to be aware of our responsibilities to others around us. Now, a lot of people say that, that prayer, they scoff at prayer and say prayer changes nothing. Why don't you actually do something? Well, people who say this don't really understand what true prayer is about. Prayer is inviting the Holy Spirit to change us and changed people act differently. If we're the kind of people that are constantly praying and thinking about what others may need, the Holy Spirit uses that so that we begin to not only care about our own personal provision, but we use whatever God has given us to begin to meet the needs of others, to provide provision for those around us. So trust God for the needs of each day, to be concerned with the needs of others, to be content with what I have. Another really important point here. This is another joy killer, isn't it? Keeping up with the Joneses is a dead end road. Psychologists call this the hedonic treadmill. This is how it works. You get one new thing, right? And you get that pleasurable sensation of the new toy, this new thing that you have, but then it becomes normal. And so you get something a little better, a little bigger, a bigger house or a better car. Or, and this, this also applies um, to activities. So you go somewhere a little bit more exotic, but then that becomes normal. And then you, you need something a little better than that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're on this treadmill and it never brings any relief. It just goes on and on. And like a treadmill, you keep running, but do you go anywhere? No, you stay in one place, you're going nowhere. But the scriptures teach us a better way. The Holy Scriptures teach us a better way. The Holy Spirit teaches us a better way. That instead, through prayer, through prayer, we can learn to be content with what we have. And this is what it truly means to be rich. St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So if we are content with what God is giving us, then there, there's no richer person in the world. And then finally, to grow in gratitude for his provisions. One of the most profound and joy-inspiring spiritual disciplines is the practice, and it is a practice and it's hard work, of giving thanks. No one is truly happy in this life who is not also thankful. Gratitude has a way of opening up our hearts to the true enjoyment of life so we can enjoy the gifts that are given us, even when things aren't going well. We don't deny the hardship. We don't silver line things. No, we... We just recognize that, that no matter how hard things are going, there are things to be thankful for. There are things that we give thanks to God for, his special gifts, his specific gifts to us. And thereby, and thereby we're able to recognize God's continued work in our lives. Okay, final question here. Why does God give you daily bread? Why does God give you daily bread? God gives me daily bread because he is a good, loving father who gives good things to all his children, sustains us in life, and desires that we grow daily in his grace. Why does God provide for us? The ultimate answer is that God is love. He is a good and loving father, the Catechism tells us. And love, because it is the greatest thing, needs no further explanation. It is an explanation in itself. Our loving father is good, and his goodness overflows to us through his giving us good gifts, the gifts of, gift of existence and the gift of sustaining us, providing for that existence through his provision. He sustains us in life and not only provides for our physical needs, but also for our entire whole person, our spiritual needs as well. He, as the Catechism puts it, desires that we grow daily in his grace. 
God truly wants you to flourish. As St. Irenaeus puts it, the glory of God is man fully alive. Amen. If you like this video, please hit the like button, comment below, share it with your friends, subscribe, and I'll see you next week.